The scripture reading today is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Jesus and his followers came into Jericho. As Jesus was leaving Jericho, together with his disciples and a sizable crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, Timaeus's son, was sitting beside the road. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. Many scolded him, telling him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, Son of David, show me mercy. Jesus stopped and said, Call him forward. They called the blind man, Be encouraged, get up, he's calling you. Throwing his coat to the side, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Teacher, I want to see. Jesus said, Go, your faith has healed you. At once he was able to see, and he began to follow Jesus on the way. The word of the Lord. Take a moment now for silent reflection. Morning. Hey everyone, I'm Joshua Holando and I have the great honor, I mean that, of serving as the youth director here at City Church San Francisco. Uh, it's my privilege and my joy to attempt to bring God's word for our community this morning. I hope however you stumbled in here today, uh, this is my prayer for you, uh, however you find yourself here today, that you would experience this um, as a kind of event, just to peel back of the curtain a little bit. I've been preaching ever since I was a uh, sophomore in high school, and I still get really like nervous whenever I preach. And I think it's not just nerves for me, I think it's... I, this, this is a, one of the few spaces I feel like I can only describe as sacred. And so I hope you experience that today. I hope that you experience that however you find yourself today, that you would experience God speaking specifically to you uh, and, to, and to our community uh, this morning. So why don't you pray with me? God, I pray that you would not uh, speak through my confidence today, but that you would speak through my weakness. That you would speak through my clumsiness and my stuttering and what I have not prepared. And that you would do that so that we would see and witness a demonstration of your power and not mine, not our communities. That your spirit would speak. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. So at some point, uh, family stories become the stuff of legend. I can't confirm whether or not this story is 100% true, but this is what I was told. The legend goes that one faith, 
fateful morning, my father decides to stop at a Dunkin' Donuts early before work. This is 90s Chicago, which means that Dunkin' Donuts is, it's a thing. It's trending. And uh, it's early when my dad gets into the shop, and he's immediately transfixed by the glowing cases which contain all kinds of delectable treats. There is what you didn't experience this morning, donut goodness wafting in the air. My dad is in the zone, and he's narrowing down his selection. And while he's doing so, a deep voice comes from behind and says, are those fresh? And my dad, still staring, never turns around. He responds, yeah, I think so. And then the gentleman behind him was quickly handed a a box of donuts. And as he was leaving, my dad overheard someone behind the counter say, see you, Mike. And that's when my dad turns around. And he sees Michael Jordan getting into a 1993 ruby red Corvette and driving out of the parking lot. (laughs) I used to think that my dad told me this story because growing up in Chicago, just like any kid, Michael Jordan was my idol. Uh, Today I think that my dad told me this story because he wanted to tell me something about the value of paying attention. That oftentimes we get so caught up in the flow of life, whether that's meeting deadlines, or choosing donuts, that we miss out on the most important things in life or people who are right in front of us. So our passage today is one of those scenarios where the followers of Jesus are so caught up in the flow of ministry, and that renders them unable to actually distinguish where God is at work and where God is already at work. The book of Mark is known as the action-packed gospel because there's so much happening all at once. Most of the gospel narratives dedicate uh, at least three chapters to Jesus' birth and Jesus' baptism and temptation, and Mark gets it done in 13 verses. So if the book of Mark was a movie, it would be filmed kind of like the 1917 or The Revenant, where it's one continuous moving shot. So it's really curious that in our passage today, that book's movement comes to a halt. And that's a clue for us to, to try to figure out why, why that's the case. The disciples of Jesus aren't quite sure why. The passage says that they're on their way out of the city of Jericho where Jesus had been doing ministry for a few days and they're pretty fired up because they've attracted a huge following, a crowd of people following following them out of the city who are going to journey with them to the next city, Jerusalem. And as they're on their way out, they encounter a disabled man named Bartimaeus who after hearing that Jesus, the great teacher, is passing by, is demanding quite loudly an audience with Jesus. And so the disciples tell Bartimaeus the most sensible thing, to pull himself together, to remember his place, 
and to be silent. So imagine their surprise when Jesus stops and tells them to call Bartimaeus over. Yeah, yeah, the one that you told to shut up. Yeah, come over. Yeah. Get him over here. You could just feel their annoyance. Has anyone here ever tried to lead a crowd of people? That's like, I'm an introvert. That's an introvert's worst nightmare. I, I walked in a crowd yesterday. It's, that's anxiety-inducing enough. Every single time I'm in a crowd, what's the first thing an introvert would, what do you think an introvert would think? How do I get out of this crowd? So imagine leading a crowd. Leading a crowd without any, any sound amplification, without cell phones. You have a bunch of people bumping into each other. You have a bunch of people falling behind. You have people who are complaining. It must have taken a whole operation for this movement to get going, all this, just to get forward motion. And now we have to stop the movement. Stopping isn't just counterproductive. It's inconvenient. Stopping for others is inconvenient. And we can understand that because we don't like to be inconvenienced, especially when it comes to our time. Time is a precious commodity. The value of time is increased in a capitalist society. One psychologist argues, and I'm quoting, that capitalism, uh, although capital is not a living organism, it takes on a life of its own. So if the goal is production and market growth, this affects how we experience time. When the grind never stops, we experience time as compressed. And thus life becomes hurried, crowded, frantic. And this is true for our individual lives. It's, it's true for how we do life together as a community. The disciples can't stop for Bartimaeus. They're in a hurry. They're trying to get about God's business. And that's the irony. They're so eager to do God's work that they've confused movement for Jesus with movement the movement of Jesus. They are so busy, so eager to get about doing God's work that they have confused movement for Jesus with the movement of Jesus. I wonder how many times I've passed people by because I've confused my movement with God's movement. I wonder how many times I've missed out on the opportunity to witness something truly transcendent because I was so preoccupied with doing things in the name of God. We often allow ourselves to get caught up in the movement of the crowd, the hustle, and the da daily grind, but we do not allow ourselves to get moved by the Spirit, because oftentimes that work feels slow and inconvenient. Many of us, we, we've grown up, uh, and many of us who've grown up in the church, we've heard this story before, and we've interpreted this, this story as a miraculous occurrence of healing. And we've overlooked the fact that Bartimaeus is the only person in the story who needs healing. 
but maybe he's not. Maybe it's not Bartimaeus who needs healing. Maybe it's us. We need healing because just like the crowd, we cannot see Bartimaeus as someone who has inherent dignity and worth and someone who can teach us about who Jesus is and why Jesus came into the world. Bartimaeus is described as one who is disabled and the one who is poor. These descriptors reflect the social status of Bartimaeus, who as a blind beggar occupied the lowest strata of society. So in Jewish society, we have the governing class. That's rulers, that's government officials, those are priests. The middle to lower tier, we have merchants, we have artisans, we have peasants. We're getting to the low tiers here. That's low. And then we have the unclean. Those are lepers, sex workers. The Jewish people would throw Gentiles in there. All people who Jesus frequently interacted with. And then we have the class that Bartimaeus belonged to. Lowest of the low. One scholar explains that Bartimaeus belonged to the 5 or 10% of the population known as the expendables, for whom society would have no need. Forced to live off the charity of others, this man would have no attachments to possessions or kin. His existence would have been an embarrassment. So why would Jesus stop for a person like Bartimaeus? And we ask this question because our ableist reading often still clouds our judgment of Bartimaeus. We only think of this person as inferior. And the text does not. If we can take off those lenses for a second, we might see that even though the text acknowledges the low status of Bartimaeus, it never depicts him as less than. Quite the opposite. Even though he is relegated to the lowest caste of society, for some reason, this nobody has the only, who has, is the only person who understands who Jesus is. He's the only person who understands who Jesus is and what Jesus is about. Bartimaeus has the insight that the disciples should have about Jesus. In the verses previous, we have the part of the story where Jesus shares with his disciples that he is going to suffer at the hands of the political authorities. And during that scenario, all the disciples can talk about is their status. And who's the greatest among them? And Jesus has to explain to them that this is what it means for him to be the Messiah, that he must serve and give his life for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give up his life as a ransom for many. This is echoed all throughout the Gospels. Jesus saying, don't you see? This is what it means for me to be Savior, to serve others. And I've not come for the people that you might expect, the wise, the powerful, the strong. I've come for the poor and the lowly the marginalized, and the people who do not have a voice. And Bartimaeus knows this about Jesus. It's why he calls Jesus the son of David. That's a messianic reference. And here's what makes the character of Bartimaeus so compelling. 
he has the audacity to believe, the audacity to believe that even despite what he's heard from society about himself, that he is worth something. And he believes that with every fiber of his being, that if Jesus is the Messiah, not only will he acknowledge my dignity, he will restore it in the sight of my community. Because the salvation that Jesus brings is not this private thing between you and God. It's something that restores us into community with each other. So Jesus will allow himself to be inconvenienced. He will cease operations and put the revolution on pause. Because Jesus' revolution is about people. Especially the people who we believe are expendable. They are the reason why Jesus has come. And on one level, you and I would agree with this, but it is another story to actually live it out. Because it disrupts how you and I live our lives. In the real world, we have the demands of work, school, we have friendships. In the real world, we have groceries and laundry and car payments. In the real world, we have schedules to keep, schedules to manage, deadlines to keep, college applications to fill out. And if we're honest, we just don't have the time. And I agree with you. Who is the time to care for the most vulnerable? And my question is to you, what if we didn't do this alone? What if we didn't have to do this work alone? What if we live this out together as a community? So far, I've been pretty negative about the disciples who make up the crowd in the passage, but there's a faint collective in that crowd who hold the dignity of Bartimaeus, who encouraged him. And even when most of the crowd was trying to silence him, they held his dignity. What if that was us? What if that was our community here at City Church? And here, I think Jesus challenges us in two ways. So for you note-takers, restoration in community means two things, I think, for us today. Two things. Slowing down to speak and allowing others to speak. Sorry. Slowing down to listen. See? Freudian slip. Slowing down to listen and by allowing others to speak. So the first thing, slowing down. Notice that Jesus does not just stop for Bartimaeus. He waits for him. I'm imagining it must have taken Bartimaeus a little bit of time to walk up to Jesus unassisted. But that's what it takes to do community well. You have to slow down to listen to another person. All of us don't remember when we took time to listen to another person, but I bet we could tell you the time that someone took time to listen to us and how powerful that was. I still remember the time that I met one of my heroes, one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Kevin Devine. 
It was after a concert, and I was really nervous to approach him at the merch table. He was really preoccupied at the time, but I was like, I need to go up to this guy and tell him how much his music means to me. And it could have easily been an instance where it's like, don't meet your heroes. They will just disappoint you. But it wasn't that. I remember him specifically, like, even though he was so busy, like, repeating my words back to me and saying, I'm listening to you. I know that I'm looking like I'm busy, but I'm listening to you. And repeating those words back to me. I remember how humanizing that experience was because I could tell that he was really listening to me. We can't listen to each other if we're always in a hurry. You can't do it. This is what it looks like. This this is my quick impression of what it looks like. Yeah, 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 good. Yeah, 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 okay, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. All right, all right, bye, bye. That doesn't work. That doesn't work ever. You can't listen to someone if you're always in a hurry. It takes time to listen to someone's story and not just to understand them, not just to feel for them, but to feel with them. But Jesus slows down enough to allow himself to be moved with compassion. He doesn't allow himself to be dictated by the demands of his schedule, his ministry, his disciples, the crowd. He slows down. And all throughout Mark, we see that Jesus is moved with pity, moved with compassion, moved with love. What if that was us? What if we slowed down enough to listen together to each other in love? And the second thing, allowing others to speak. One of the most compelling parts about the passage is how Jesus gives Bartimaeus the common decency of exercising his own voice. He doesn't talk over Bartimaeus, doesn't add an addendum to what Bartimaeus has to say. He doesn't speak for him. He doesn't make Bartimaeus talk on his terms, on Jesus' terms. He He allows Bartimaeus to speak on his terms. He allows Bartimaeus the dignity of making a request and honoring it. And I wish that didn't sound so revolutionary. Just allow other people to speak. But the truth of the matter is, maybe we need to stop talking for a while. Not to be quiet forever, not to be silent forever, not to be deferent, but so that other people have a chance to speak and take the mic. Marginalized people do not need our permission to speak. They need us a lot of the times to stop talking. This means that we have to do the slow work of allowing underprivileged people to be our teachers. That is not a cute soundbite. That is what I really believe the text is saying. Jesus allows Bartimaeus to be the teacher the teacher of the entire crowd. I don't know who that is in your life, but I think that that is what Christ is trying to challenge us today, to think about the Bartimaeuses in our life, who we've dismissed. They can be disabled folks. They can be the folks on our streets experiencing homelessness, but they can also be your children, your teen. Whoever they might be, maybe it's best for us 
to stop playing the role of expert and learn from the voices that we've dismissed because we're always talking over them. And if we can do that, I think we might see that the people in our lives who we see as inconveniences are not inconveniences. They are the very wells that will allow our faith to flourish and our community to thrive. And so in the name of Christ, who has emptied himself to suffer and serve, may it be so. Amen.